Blog hello, Talk hello. Radio. Hello. Hello, hello. Are we there? All right. I'm just going to do a little bit of a microphone check. For some reason, it's not letting me hear myself, but I will be able to hear you all. All right. So, <clears throat> hello, everybody. It is Friday, 1.30 Pacific Coast time, January 29th. 2016, three days before the Iowa caucus, first state to uh, vote primary slash caucus caucus, <laughs> in the presidential election. I can't stand it anymore. I have, I've been sitting on the sidelines. I have been uh, watching all the debates and watching, you know, things calm down for me a little bit. And I, we had Thanksgiving, and then we had Christmas and New Year's, and all the while I'm stealing away to get my political fix on, and uh, and now it's reached a, a crescendo um, with with uh, this orgasm of coverage on all the stations and all the news reports and everything, and I I just can't wait. I just can't. I I have to. I I have to say something. Absolutely have to say something. Um, so I'm going to, uh, your message was sent, I'm broadcasting. Okay. So this is low, low techie tech. I'm just sitting down here in my office and, um, I'm expecting, let's see, I don't know if I'm expecting, but all right, I'm learning the, uh, the gizmos and the gadgets again on blog talk radio. It's been a while, uh, but maybe perhaps I shall start the show with the, uh, the old, uh, the old intro music. It seems like a good thing from Vox Pop. Okay. All right, Tom, roll that, uh, intro music. Uh, I'm Tom. I'm going to push my mic. This is Vox Populi. Vox Populi. The voice of the occasionally interested people. A political talk show for people who don't spend a lot of time talking politics. The only agenda. Understand, inform, and entertain. Now, here's your host, Sean Astin.
let me know if you're uh, if I'm coming in loud and clear. I can't. I'm, it's not coming through my uh, earphone. So, which is a bummer because I love that that hosty kind of uh, make yourself sound uh, important sound in the earphone. So I'll just have to know that I'm important and uh, and go with that. Okay. Can I see where people are? Go to the studio. Will it show me how many people are listening? Do I just have to guess? A list of callers will appear here when they... All right. Uh, it doesn't seem like I should keep promoting the uh, call-in number, the guest call-in number, 646-716-7010, um, because if you're listening to this, then you already know the number, and no one's going to be listening to this. Uh uh, who is already tuned in? So, so that's that. Okay. Oh, how do I feel? Wow! Wow! Incredible! I'm a Democrat. I support Hillary Clinton. I've supported her for uh, 24 years that I know of. Uh, but I uh, love Bernie. Love what's going on with his campaign. Um, oh, I saw a little caller just popped on and popped off. Uh, okay, so that's cool. Call in. Only little people. Um, and then I, I've been watching, up until the last two weeks, I've really been focused on the Republican race uh, because the, uh, the Democratic race seemed like it was so far apart. But in the maybe in the last three weeks, as um, as Feel the Burn, Bernie Sanders, Senator Sanders has been uh, coming on strong, um, uh, I, w I was just focused on the Republicans, and boy, oh boy, do I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about the Republicans and what all they've been up to. Um, where do I start? Okay, I've got a caller. This is very exciting. Let me go to the caller. Hold on. Caller, you're Hello? on the air. Who is this? Hey, it's Cindy Levin. How are you? Cindy! So yeah, from results. So happy to see. I just saw on Twitter that you're back in the air, and I have to run in a little bit, but I just didn't want you hanging without anybody to talk to, especially when the elections are so important. The, I was just going to talk into the air for a little while, whether anyone was listening or not. Like I don't. I just. I had. I just decided about a half hour ago. Like you know what? I cannot. I I have to say something. I can't. I'm gonna. I almost got on a plane and went to Iowa. Like I've got a whole life going on, and I'm gonna like. I'll go, you know, drag people to the pulley. <laughs> so I have to talk. Um, all right, who are you no, supporting and why? Uh, you know, I am having a hard time uh, between Hillary and, and Bernie. Um, it's like one of those things that uh, they're both saying some pretty good things. I worry sometimes about, like, I, I think I actually kind of lean toward Bernie Sanders more, but... I hate to say this, but I kind of worry about like what the rest of the country, like the, in the general election, people are going to think about him and process his personality. Um, on the other hand, uh, Hillary comes with her own set of uh, enemies that could tip the scale. Um, I think if I were voting with my heart, I would vote for uh, Bernie Sanders, um, but I, I'm not really sure between the two of them. Uh, which so that, that's uh, they always say vote your conscience. What is your conscience? Are your heart and conscience aligned? Is there is there pure affinity within your soul? <laughs> I you know I don't think that there's a pure affinity because it's like this is where I feel comfortable talking on your show because 
you know, people are you used to call it for the um what was your tagline? Um something to do with civil discourse. Which is totally well, out the window. Now we we call people bimbos and jerks, and that's that's well, the, the political. Like the, just, my whole project is out the window. It's like it's the whole, yeah, new, right. whole new world. But it's like you know, for the so, mildly uh, interested people, and I'm I'm more than mildly interested. But I guess the thing is, um, you know, I'm I'm not standing so hard with one person or the other. Um, but I just know that when the two of them speak. What I hear from the Republican side is a, a lack of risk, a lack of um, just a lack of respect for a lot of the people that live in this country that the Democrats. Well, I, are I think um, the first thing to know is about um, sen- the senators, about Secretary Clinton and, and Senator uh, uh, Sanders is. That they agree on almost everything. Yeah, yeah. They, they agree on almost everything. They have. They it took them two full months to try and figure out a way to characterize each other in a way that made it seem like they're different. <laughs> or, and uh, because the fact is, there's almost no daylight between them. The interesting thing. What there's oh God, there's so much there's so much that's interesting. Um, one of the articles that I just looked at in the. Um, in the Washington Post, Washington Post has become like I'm really enjoying, uh, enjoying it. Is uh, is you know, what's the, what do uh, Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders have in common? And uh, Eugene Robinson, the great opinion writer, he writes. Uh, I'll read a little bit of it. Uh, whoever wins Monday in Iowa and whoever eventually wins a Republican and Democratic nominations for president, one thing is already clear: traditional politics and politicians have failed. Uh, the glaring fact is still difficult for the establishments of both parties. This is all kind of normal stuff. Um, but they, they're both – I mean, it would be a fascinating general election to have a billionaire narcissist against, like, a radical de- uh, democratic socialist who's calling for revolution. And my thing with Bernie is it's, he's not calling for actual revolution. He's not, it's, it's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of a um, – uh, he's got an escape hatch in his in his plan in his argument, and I mean because you unless I mean are we to believe that this huge momentum, which feels very much like the Obama momentum uh, momentum of uh, 2008, the the, the young sure. crowds, you know, the the signs, the energy. I mean, I almost decided to switch from. Uh, Hillary to Bernie Sanders when I saw that uh, Simon and Garfunkel commercial. Um, but then I thought that, and I, and I enjoyed it. It was nostalgic, and I felt so good and uplifting everything else. Then I thought, exactly, and this is exactly who Hillary is. You could have just shown yeah. Hillary's crowds, you know, maybe maybe not in the last two weeks like Bernie's been getting, but all through 2008, and those those people who believed in her and voted for her were so proud of her and so excited of her, that put, they, they haven't, like, most of them haven't died, I wouldn't think. So there's this this feeling. It's you know she tried to characterize it as poetry and prose, you know, campaign and poetry and govern and prose, which is uh, oh, it's oh. such a it's such a downer. It's such a downer. <laughs> the that whole idea. It's like no no. And she said we need more poetry, and it's like then give us more poetry. But the, <laughs> give it to us, yeah. The the fact is that you, it's so awful to be in the position of. 
you know, having to say, we are, we can't achieve. Like, we can't do what we believe in. We can't reach for our highest aspirations. Like, defend, arguing that position is it's just like de- it deadens the soul. And I saw Hillary today talking about, you know, Kennedy saying we can get to the moon in 10 years. And it just felt, you know, she's my candidate. I support Hillary. Uh, but she seemed a little stale saying that. First of all, they both seem exhausted. I don't know how they're going to get through the weekend. Uh, so they better oh, yeah. go home like a couple hours and sleep for eight or nine hours and then get back after because they both look like they're just toast. But um, but the the fact is that all of the things that people are feeling about Bernie Sanders right now uh, are exemplified in Hillary's life work. Well, so, you know, you brought up the, the life work thing, and that's one thing that I really appreciate about her. Like, um, you know, that I'm a lobbyist for anti-poverty issues and things like that. I work on a lot of global poverty issues. And so I know what she's going to do on issues that I care a lot about, like uh, global AIDS, TB, malaria, girls' education, um, and, you know, things like that. I also really well, like anything about, about uh, like, uh, wealth gap things in, you know, domestic problems in the United States um, that I haven't quite he and Hillary are saying the exact same. He and Hillary are saying the exact same thing. He, except the difference is he wants to literally trust bust the banks. Well, he wants to bust up the banks, Bank of America, you know, Wells Fargo, all the, all the big banks. He literally wants to Teddy Roosevelt them and split them into lots of smaller banks so that those banks can be more easily regulated because then they won't have the lobbying dollars to go out there. But what are the odds that a, that a, 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 a Democratic Socialist, and everybody keeps saying, you know, Chris Matthews is always asking, you know, can you tell me what a socialist is? And it's like all these really smart political experts get a deer in the headlights look in their face and they don't want to answer the question. <laughs> a socialist, socialism, communism and socialism refer to the means of distribution and wealth controlled by the many as opposed to the few. That's it. So who's going to control the means of distribution? Sorry, manufacturing distribution. There's no way, no way in a million years is this country going to rise up in the next 12 months and decide that wealth is not worth attaining. We have people who go out and they they will spend, you know, a thousand dollars trying to. uh, buy tickets so they can win two billion, and all that takes, you know, and it just takes their ability to go to the liquor store. You you can't. Hang on one sec. I'm gonna put you on hold for just a second. Okay, can I hold on one sec? Cindy, hold sure. On. Hey there, this is Sean. Who's this? Matt Killender, buddy. How you doing? Good, Matt. Hold on, I'm gonna put Cindy on with us. Hold on one second. Oh, cool. This I didn't Cindy, even can know you it works Matt? like this. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Matt. Hey, Cindy. How you doing? <laughs> Good to see you. All right, we have we have uh, we have three of us going now. This is exciting. I think it can support up to twenty people talking at the same time. All right, Matt. What? Tell me, who are you picking? Who's your pick? Right out of the box. Come on. Or are you undecided? Uh, I 
I'm undecided because I do base a lot of things how I feel on the inside. But at the same token, you know, I've been raised up as a so-called Republican, but, you know, that if I feel like on the inside that Bernie, Hillary, you know, I'm not opposed to voting as a Democrat if I feel like that person is going to provide what the nation needs. It just it's a flip okay, so of the coin not, right at the last not, minute. Let's let's not talk about um that's terrifying. Can you imagine if we ran our defense industry that way? Our defense our, it, our international our foreign policy like that like waiting until I mean I know. right as a voter to do that but but all right, listen, let's let's pretend uh the Democrats don't exist for a second. You, you you've been raised a Republican. I'm not sure that the Republican Party exists anymore in this I mean it's a party and it's and it's got lots of funding and it's got, you know, the grand it's GOP, it's a grand old party. But you know, when when Trump can attack the bastion of conservatism and that is Fox and beat them at their own game, you have to wonder where what's happened. So what I want to know right. is you you had 15 candidates who started out, 15 legitimate legitimate bona fide candidates. Pick your top three. You don't even have to pick one. Pick your top three. Don't think about it. Just uh, Rand, uh, uh, I mean, Trump would be one. And then uh, what was the other guy's name? Um, oh, shoot. You got Kasich, uh, Butch. You got uh, uh, you got uh, Ted Cruz. You got uh, Marco Cruz. Rubio. Cruz. Cruz. He got his yeah. He got his head handed to him last night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he he fell yeah. victim to the uh to to uh Kelly is uh she's okay, so um uh oh we got another caller and this is so exciting. I love more callers. Hold on one second, everybody. Don't go anywhere. Hey, welcome to the party, who's this? Hi, this is Vanessa from California. Vanessa from California, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Before I bring uh, Matt and Cindy back into the conversation, they're uh, paused for the moment. Tell me who your uh, who's your pick at the moment and why. Bernie Sanders is my pick now and till the end. And um, to me, he's just an honest candidate who is um, cannot be bought by the billionaire class. I love the fact that he's the only candidate not taking Wall Street and corporate money, and it's just saying it like it is. All right. Well, it sounds like you uh, you're you're poured right in the dye mold of the uh, of the the fervent Bernie uh, supporter. So hold on, I'm going to bring uh, Matt back in there. Matt, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, and we got and we got Cindy here. All right, so uh, Cindy and Vanessa both have um, uh, Cindy. You're kind of uh, you're 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 squawking. So hold, put yourself on mute until you talk. But we got Cindy and Vanessa are both supporters of Bernie Sanders, a, a, a fervent supporter and a reluctant supporter. I was just trying to get uh, Matt to narrow down uh, his choices. If I was uh, a Republican and I was looking at the race, you know, starting, I don't know, six months ago when there were 17 of them, and I had to pick two, I I think I'm kind of an establishment person or whatever that means. I would have picked Kasich and Bush. Those are the two guys I would have picked. I uh, wouldn't have picked uh, Trump or Rubio or Cruz or or any of the other. Uh, or, you know, Rand Paul's interesting. I like Rand Paul, 
But uh, but that's where I pick. Um, Vanessa, if you had to choose a Republican, had to pretend you're a Republican now. It, it may be hard, but pr- pretend. Who would you pick? Oh, that's such a tough one for me. <laughs> that's such a tough well, question. Let, um, let, let me. Let, well, no. Here you go. Let's let's put it this way. There's two. I think there's two basic ways of of doing this exercise of looking across the party to to say one is who do you think you've got the best chance of beating or your candidate has the best chance of beating and the other is who do you think if they ultimately won would be uh the best for the country and i actually think that the second one is the way you should always look at it you should always look at it at from and then you got to be able to beat that person on the merits whoever whoever from their side would be the best so if you had to pick from their side who you know the lesser of 17 evils who who would it be? I think it would be Kasich. Okay, and yeah. uh, Cindy, what about you? Um, I actually think Bush, but man, that's a hard exercise, isn't it? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm I'm a liberal Democrat, but I've always liked um, Jeb Bush. I mean, he's I, I disagree with him on um, most of the social uh, issues that that there are, but you know, the, the flagship issue that somehow seems to befuddle the Republican Party every cycle. They just trip all over themselves, and they end up looking weak and wrong, is the immigration issue. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Trump has is, is stolen the limelight by just, you know, bashing Muslims and Mexicans and, you know, in a very, I think, cynical and calculated way that is so designed. But, but I think Bush... You know, Bush is compassionate. I like that about him. He seems to me like the grown-up in the room. He and Kasich seem like the guys who are not going mm-hmm. to go off half-cocked to try and prove something to the the establishment. But but Matt, you you know, you put out there Rand Paul. Let let's narrow it down. You had Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, and uh, who was the other one you had? Uh, I uh, I said Trump. Trump. Okay, so pick one of the three for the sake of argument. Of those three, okay. who do you think? Yeah. For the sake of the argument, and I know everybody's going to go crazy, but I would probably pick Trump. I was saying to my wife earlier that I thought that the more I study it, the more I understand Trump. I mean, the more I – I'm not talking about like getting inside of his head, but I'm starting to see the rhythms of the way he moves, and I'm starting to understand why the the, the emerging – uh, uh, wisdom of the of the the party elders is that he would be the lesser of two evils because if it was between him and Cruz because he could be moved he could be shepherded in in a direction he could he could be handled you know as long as his ego were placated right. he he would be able to seven but to me you know last e- night ego he, is he, right he, for sure. Well, Rand Paul says he he just hammers him on with the word narcissism, uh, you know. And Bush was just saying he's not a serious candidate over and over again. But I think he's proven that he's a, a, an extremely serious candidate. The thing last night, the gambit about not going to the debate, um, Vanessa, what do you think? Did it? Did you? Were you following that? Did it pay off? Do you think for him? I, I think it did. I think Donald Trump was part of the debate even when he wasn't there. So. You know, and I could only get myself to watch half of it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think my one of my friends who's a political insider was said the same thing to me. He said that he goes, "It was a shit show." <laughs> I, don't think I, I think I can curse on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, and you, 
I actually thought it, uh, Bush won the debate, just hands down. I thought Bush just won the debate, and I thought if you had to call a second, Rand Paul was a was a, uh, a had a really solid and interesting thing. But I, I think um, Marco Rubio just seemed really like over intense, a little flustered, and there was not one word that came out of his mouth that hadn't been pilot tested in every other debate and on his stump speech. It was just nothing new at all, and the stuff that he was saying wasn't fresh enough. The only thing he said that was outside of the wheelbox was he tried to use Bush's book against him, and Bush just slammed him, which I thought uh, was was great to see him come out of his come out of his shell a little bit. But here's here's yeah. the thing about Trump's rationale, and you guys, you know, Cindy, you weigh in on this too. My feeling about Trump's rationale going into it was he wasn't willing to bail out of the debate just on the 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 conflict between him and Megyn Kelly, which he very shrewdly, you know, keeps roiling all the time. He keeps that thing going. But in her show, and I got to say, I think she's fantastic. I mean, she carries a lot of water for the conservatives, conservatives, but she she is smart as a whip. I love the way she does that faux counterproposal that all the the Fox pundits have to do to pretend they're even. She's the most convincing at that. Uh, and and so I I enjoy that and I think she's she's has a sense of perspective and humor about it I really like her but she has gone after him she's been measured a lot of the time but occasionally she's attacked him so I think it's fair to say that going into that debate you know it wasn't fair and even and it may not you know they they want to characterize it Fox the opponents the pundits everybody wants to characterize um, uh, Trump as being afraid of her or not willing to, uh, you know, confront her. But the fact is, if you go true. into an environment, no, it's it's not. This is what I'm saying. The the, the rationale is, she could actually, with just a couple words here or there, you know, spin it off. I mean, uh, Cruz lost the debate in one sentence last night. He said it and then he couldn't recover. He got booed and he couldn't recover. And it was a joke. He was he was he just sort of. He blew the joke about how all these people are being invited to uh, argue against him, and he'll walk off the stage. He was trying; he was going for a joke, and it and it totally yeah. blew up Backfired. in his face. But here's, but that I, but Trump wasn't willing to walk away from the debate based on the Megyn Kelly thing. But when they gave him co- uh, the 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 cover of that satirical comment that the Ayatollah and Putin said they're going to be mean to him and ask him questions and he'll have to go to his Twitter followers to see if he should show up to a meeting with them. I got to believe that that Roger Ailes and Donald Trump did that on purpose with each other because it was so out of left field for a news organ a smart news organization like Fox who's who doesn't seem to make that kind of mistake to intentionally pick a fight with the front runner. The reason the reason that they did it whether it was with in cahoots or not, is because they're stoking the ratings. So that gave him cover mm-hmm. to leave the debate. And, it, I, you know, the the idea that he is bringing 10 million plus more viewers to the debates than they have otherwise made him right. feel like he had leverage. Because if you, if you look at, I mean, Essentially, how dare you not honor the? This is about the voters, and if the Republican Party, as a as a as an institution, makes a deal with a with a broadcaster, and they 
say this is our thing. You show up. You just there's no ducking the thing. But he wanted. He was basically saying you're picking a fight with me. You're antagonizing me on purpose. It's not fair to go in with. And I'm bringing you all these ratings. So, you know what? You give five million dollars to the troops. And I'll go, and that'll we'll call it even, and I'll go and do your debate, and you'll at least give me some face-saving thing to go in. Well, of course they can't accept that, but I think that rationale—that's how he's thinking. That's how he's thinking. So he's got a lot of leverage. It's it, but well, Cindy, give me your thoughts on that, and then before I continue my colloquy here, or my. <laughs> No, I mean, like it, we already covered, like I, it wasn't really about him being afraid of one reporter or another. It just, it just seems like a lot of orchestrated spectacle. And I think that Trump is the kind of guy who just wants to um, wants to renegotiate things, or, or he just wants to play on his own terms. And that was the way that the conversation. It was a, it was a bold move, um, you know. Year, Ten years ago, nobody that, would have ever expected that. That's what his people love uh, about him. Right. That's what they love about him. They, they, they want him to not follow, you know, follow the establishment. Do you know that – did you hear the ratings for it? No, I didn't. 11 million is the yeah, second lowest rated of all of the, all the debates. Now, it may have been that low rated anyway because it's a snooze fest and, and you know – Everybody's sick of it already, even though we're not even the first primary hasn't happened yet. But uh, but he can now thump his chest and say, "Look, Fox, you got egg on your face. You know, you ran the show the way you wanted. You put on a moderator who was uh, unfair, and then you you goaded me. You know, you provoked me beforehand, and you refused to value the extra things. So I took I I just nabbed ten, twelve, fifteen million viewers away from you." It's pretty it's And, pretty you know, he could be brilliant at that, at manipulating that kind of situation, but this is not this is not the behavior that I want for my president because the, the stakes are much higher than media views. Um, exactly. Cindy, yeah. uh, or Vanessa, Vanessa, when you um, – there's a great article today, like I was mentioning, about the uh, – in the Washington Post about what Bernie and uh, Trump have in common – um, the, I think in Trump's case, flying by the seat of your pants and making a, a you know gut check calls in the eleventh hour. At a certain point, professional politicians will tell you that it won't it won't last. It, like that, you will something will happen that you cannot control. The plane won't land at precisely seven forty five the way you wanted it to. That it just mm-hmm. you, that a little bit of planning and having a base underneath you. Uh, hold on, I'm going to invite somebody else in here as well. Hello there, who's this? Hello, hello, you're on Vox Popular, who's this? Uh, hello, my name is James Paplinski. Hey, James Paplinski, welcome to the conversation. You're on with uh, Vanessa, uh, Matt, Cindy, and myself, and we're just sort of, we're building the conversation here. Let us finish the point we're, we're making. Vanessa, what I was saying was, if the if the downside of, of Trump being kind of non-traditional is that there's a risk that he'll make an impulsive move. I would think that the risk in Bernie Sanders, uh, in, 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 in his approach, is that he's asking for actual revolution. He wants to change the structure of government to, in the, mm-hmm. with a wrecking 
with a wrecking ball. Is is yep. you know, so so Vanessa and then uh, and then Jim. Oh well, I just I I get where you're pulling the similarity, and yes, but I think this country, to Bernie's point, this country needs a political revolution and needs more people to be engaged. That's what they're saying. They're both they're both tapping into. Anybody know what that is? No, is that know. like our Hello? timer? Uh, let's see. No, thirty-four. We have another ten, fifteen minutes. I don't. That was weird. Yeah. It, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Vanessa, go ahead. You were saying. Uh, you were saying that uh, it, the the country needs that. The country needs a a political revolution, and I think it's interesting how we're getting these extreme opposites. Um, having one, but they're basically both tapping into the same thing: the frustration and the anger that people have of the unfairness that's going on in our government, except you have one extreme saying it's the Mexicans and the Muslims and whatever, which is not right. And then you have Bernie Sanders going, listen, we need a political revolution and you need to take part in it. He's not saying I'm going to do it all. He's calling for people to be engaged in their government, which, you know, this mess didn't create itself. we're, uh, Jim, jump in. Well, I, w- I want to agree because, I mean, first of all, being active and an active participant in your government it is become increasingly difficult. I mean, you know, a lot of I think that apathy, you know, voter apathy, of course, is is so prevalent because people have felt like their voice is 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 really unheard. And we used to have more voices. I, I believe that there's been a steady degradation of our opinion and, and the representation of our opinion in, in our government. Yeah. Tell me. I, I um, agree. And I think, sorry, there's, there's a, a saying that says um, every generation must find God for itself. And I think that every generation and whatever country they are, or especially here in America, is responsible for rediscovering what democracy is. And this is our time to rediscover democracy and not rest on what our ancestors did to establish democracy. Every generation needs to work on it to keep it going. And at some point, we lost that. Well, were you around during the 08 campaign? I was graduating high school. (laughs) Okay, I campaigned for yeah. six long, hard months on behalf of Hillary, and then when uh, when she conceded and and Barack went on to get the nomination, I I campaigned for uh, three months for him. And the, if you think the feel the burn movement is exciting, you have no idea what was going on with Barack Obama, the first African American president, was mm-hmm. historic. It was overwhelming. He was saying all right. of the exact same things, all of these exact same things. Two right. years later, two years later, the hundreds of thousands of people, the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who came out to stadiums to cheer him and to pound lawn signs for him and to call into call shows like this for him, didn't weren't following the legislation, didn't go out and try and help the congressional representatives and he lost the 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 house in the midterms and then he mm-hmm. lost his ability to accomplish any meaningful legislation 
going forward. Hold on, I'm going to add somebody else to the uh, call. Uh, hello. Hey, who's hello? this? Hey, who's this? Can you hear? Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, this is uh, Nancy Bryant from Waco, Texas. Hey, Nancy from Waco. We're I, we're just going to finish a thought. You're on with five other people, and we'll give you a chance to say who you want and and why, and we'll and we'll we'll keep the conversation going. What the the awesome. point I was trying to make to Vanessa and to Jim was that this political revolution that everyone on both sides agrees has to happen is requires the continued focus and attention of people two years from now in the midterms and during the legislative mm-hmm. cycle when different bills drop. And are, are do you feel pretty confident that this Bernie revolution is going to be there? Because if you're not, then you've got to figure what's he going to be like in that in that seat without that support. Yeah, I do. And, and if you hear Bernie's speeches, he says – you know, I'm not going to make you all these promises. I'm not going to be able to do it on my own. This means I get elected. We have to do the work, and I think it's going to continue. And to your Obama every, every point, Obama, Obama did say, you know, he was going to – here's the difference. You can't make promises that you're going to go after Wall Street, that you're going to go after the corporations, you're going to go after the billionaires when you're taking their money. You can't, and people needed to smarten up back then, and I think they're smart enough now. I I, I understand. I I, but let's let's make one point at a time. My question to you is: Do you honestly believe that him calling for people's support for a political revolution will be there in two years? Yes or no? Yes, I do. Okay, Waco, Texas. Talk to me. Yes, uh, I uh, am a supporter of Hillary Clinton, and uh, just briefly, I'll tell you why, because I like what she has stated as her four fights that she will take into the presidency, which is building the economy, strengthening families, world leadership, and reforming government, and I believe she knows how to do it. Well, I've been a Hillary supporter for 24 years, and I've campaigned for her, and I love her to death. But let me ask you to, to answer a charge that is her uh, that is the one whole number that is inescapable that she's got to address, and that is trust. For some reason, it's not for some reason; it's very obvious what the reason is. But many people yeah. polled say they do not <laughs> trust her. What? What? How would you speak to that issue? Well, number one, I don't understand why so many people, why anyone has that opinion. I've been following Hillary for years, and uh, everything that's been thrown at her, uh, I have seen that it's gone nowhere because this stuff isn't true. Uh, She gets hauled before Congress recently and and grilled and drilled. There's nothing there. I I think personally, uh, especially uh, in the the last few years, uh, the GOP has been going after Hillary, trying to dig up dirt. Well, they've been trying to dig up dirt for a long time, actually, and they they continue to do it. And you know, you know what I think the you, the original sin. I know, I think I know when it started. The original sin for Hillary, with the way they've, uh, you know, from Karl Rove and and the the Kenneth Ken Starr with his whole thing going after them and mm-hmm. getting it completed. Bill the sin? whole thing. 
the uh, uh, no the I think the original sin for Hillary Clinton is when she said that she wasn't going to sit at home like Tammy Wynette standing by her man. <laughs> I think from that moment, there 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 a certain faction of this country decided that she was someone out to destroy what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a mother, what it means to, mm-hmm. to you know, to uh, that's what that's what I think. But I, I you know, that's, trust that's her. I trust her. I liked my... that quote back then. Like, I <laughs> yeah, remember I liking when he said that. <laughs> and I'll tell well, you as a and... Bernie supporter that that is not why I'm not supporting Hillary. I mean, if I, you know, good for her. She's out there and you know, as a woman, but um, there's well, many why reasons why people, why not trust. Why don't people? Trust I don't. Tr- her? I don't trust her because if you've seen her flip flopping over years, and you see who has been donating to her over years, it makes me not trust her. She says and one Bernie thing one day. Uh, no, he hasn't. If one thing he has to be, he has been very, very consistent. This man has stood up when the opinion was not popular. Unlike Clinton, who goes on the boat, once she has no political capital to lose. Uh, what about uh, universal health care? That wasn't popular, and she stood up for that and continues to stand up for it. But once she gets all these campaign contributions from Wall Street and uh, from the pharmaceutical industries, from big corporations who don't want single payer, of course she's going to give up. Unlike Bernie, who has been pushing this, you want someone who's going to go for the long haul, not someone who says it's too hard, you know, let's just keep it the way Jim, it is. Hey, Jim, no, I let's go for the next thing. Jim, 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 I want to hear from you on the Hillary Trust question. Uh, hey, while well, you're pausing, goodbye, good conversation, got to go, love you all. Bye, Cindy. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Um, were you speaking to me? I I could say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's I mean, it's not that I dislike Hillary, and it's not that I dislike Bill Clinton, but I mean, Bill Clinton's support of NAFTA, personally to me, NAFTA was not good for America. And agree. Thank you. And thank the, you. The TPP is just as bad. Thank you. And it's not that I don't trust Hillary. It's that. I believe she's a corporatist. Like, I believe that she believes that multinational conglomerates are good for us. And I just thank you. I, I think that in order for, I mean, I, I personally would stand that corporations are not people and that Citizens mm-hmm. United was a big, a big mistake. And Bernie stand yeah, on, overturning, on overturning citizens and Bernie stand on reenacting Glass-Steagall, which was, I, I mean, the, that I think their positions itself. on that are virtually identical. I think their positions on that are virtually identical. But the, so the, you don't um, think that she's a corporatist? You don't think she'll just go straight to the middle even faster than Barack did? Well, you, yeah. you, you're, conflating, you're conflating a few things, okay? When you talk about Citizens United, you're talking about unregulated uh, money that can go into corporations to be spent on political campaigns. A, that that to me is not precisely similar, precisely overlapping with being a corporatist. Somebody who believes in in capitalism, who thinks Bank of America, you know, has needs to be reined in, but not. Oh, you guys! I can't believe it. I only did forty five minutes on our session here. 
Listen, I'm, I'm going to, uh, we got to jump off, but I really appreciate your viewpoints. I think we got two solid Hillary supporters and, uh, and yeah. between, and between you and I, uh, and then we got two solid Bernie Sanders supporters. And then Matt, I think, oh, I'm not sure where Matt went. I might've hung up on him, but I think, uh, he, he he's the political, the uh, Republican side of thing is going to have to keep going. So thanks you guys for calling in. T- stay tuned. I'm sure I'll be doing all oh, 60 seconds. I got to play the outro. You guys can stay on so my little outro. This is Vox Populi. Thanks, you guys. Knock them down. A political talk show for people who don't spend a lot of time talking politics. The only agenda understand, inform, and entertain. Now, here's your host, Sean. I really like the idea that uh, that we can uh, have both. We'll do it again. I don't know when. Maybe it's 2020. Ever is